Always catch me off guard when nobody sings. But I get it. I understand, man. How young are you? 23 years old. You're a baby, man. You're a kid. Like, I really wanted to jam a good tune for you, but I just couldn't really think of anything. What, no, I listen, at I listen, all? I listen, Do you listen to any music at all? Yeah, I listen to, you know, a lot of hip-hop, R&B, a little bit of Drake, old-school rap. So there's nothing in the in the vault right now that, that you can, you can, can you hum or anything like that? Anything? Nothing. No, I decided You're to You're getting a pass because you drove, how long was the drive? Uh, drive was, well, the thing is, is, I went to North Bay to pick up some of that equipment that yeah. I had on the back of my trailer. Yeah. So it was four hours to North Bay, four and a half, I think. No. No, no, no. Yeah, four and a half, five, somewhere in there. It was between four and five or something like that. Got to North Bay, loaded up on the trailer, and then it was about three hours and 45 minutes to Oakville here in Toronto. So what were you hauling there? You were mentioning just off mic. We were yeah, there were just some ramp racks for, okay. our, for our mowing setup this upcoming uh, spring. Yeah. So we, we, we're going to talk snow plowing. We're going to talk winter. We're going to yeah, talk yeah. all like, kinds I mean, of stuff. Snow's our beast. Yeah. Um, we do roofing as well. We used to do landscaping back in the day. Yeah, I saw some of that. You don't yeah. touch it anymore? No. You don't want to do it, deal with it? You know what? Uh, we had a good run with it. Um, back home in Sault Ste. Marie, the economy there um, is great in some ways, but for the landscaping niche in particular, we wanted to bring the hardscape approach. Here in Oakville, I see everybody's got concrete jungles in their front and backyard. Pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, back home, we wanted to really bring that to Sault Ste. Marie, and it was very hard. You know, it was next to impossible to find nobody customers. Nobody wanted it? Clients? Well, nobody wants to pay 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 grand for a backyard oasis. It's they like... Do it here in a blink of an eye, man. Yeah, here in a blink of an eye, but back home in Sault Ste. Marie, like, it's just... It's... No. No. Nobody puts time <laughs> and, and money into their landscapes. I mean, there's some, there's some people with gorgeous landscapes but i would say maybe one for every thousand you know and it's not worth your while right you guys you know i'm gonna get into it you gotta share all your deeds so yeah. stefano narducci's here uh northern snow inc and it's www.northernsnow.ca and on ig it's northernsnow.inc right yes yes and follow me personally you, too yes. you want me to shout out the number for your number anybody wants to reach out anybody yeah 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 705-992-8222 that's our business line. Give us a call anytime if you have any questions. Uh, you know, I'm always available to answer anyone's questions. Cool. And then let me thank you so much for this. Yeah, for no cap. problem, man. Everyone thank knows you. me, knows that I'm not a huge trucker guy, cap guy, but I actually, I do like worn in caps. So thanks you for that. I do want to shout out to Chris from Dr. Granite. I'm wearing his tea today. I always wear someone else's tea on the show, mm -hmm. as most people know. Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life Podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about snow. And I want to figure out how long you've been in the game now. So this is our fourth year. Um, like actually. So you started at 19? Yeah, I started at 19. So this is our fourth year in like real deal business. Like it is the fifth, but I don't count the first because we had like 16 to like 25, almost 
30 contracts, sorry. And it just like wasn't that really big of an operation. It wasn't, we, we weren't incorporated. We are lucky if we even broke even. We probably lost money. So you, you and Nicholas started at the same time? Yes, yes, yes. At 19, is he old, like? Same like, age as me. Same age. Yeah, yeah. Where's your mindset at 19 years old thinking I'm going to get into snow plowing? Mm, well, it started with landscaping, right? Yeah. So six months to eight months prior to that, June, it would have been June of 2019. So like I said, six months before winter was about to start. Um, I just was like sick and tired of, you know, working for other people. I, I got kicked out of high school in grade 12, um, left high school, went to a, a booklet school where basically, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with booklet school, no, but it's, it's pretty much like if you get, you know, kicked out of high school or you leave high school, you got to go to, it's pretty much a, a lower grade of schooling. Um, you Can know, I ask it, why you got kicked out? Uh, I got kicked Listen, out. Listen, I've done my fair share of stuff, right? But <laughs> um, I got kicked out for just not being obedient, you know, just kind of running my own show, listening to my own rules. Good. Quite like how I can't really work for anyone else. I just, I didn't listen. I did what I wanted to and um, it got me kicked out of the school. I Good. mean, there's a story behind it, but there's... It's not, but you probably look back on it and not think it's a negative. No, I don't you think it was can't. negative at all. I see a ton of teachers from back in the day and like I caused them so much grief. Like I was, I definitely stressed out my fair share of teachers. Um, and they, they see me now and they're just so happy for me and uh, they always congratulate me. Good. They got a big smile on their face. So it feels, in, it feels incredible to be honest. But then you, okay, so you get out of there and then you go to the other school, you take yeah. care of schooling. So, so now business wise. Yeah, I'll explain to you how that went. Um, so we have a booklet school right down the road from St. Mary's College back home. That was my high school. So when I left in grade 12, I just walked right from St. Mary's College down the road to this booklet school called Prince Charles. And just to give you kind of a summary of what a booklet school is, it's pretty much just schooling for the troubled. Like for people who have a hard time sitting in class, might be anxious, have anxiety, depression, can't be in an environment around people or guys like me who just don't want to listen or don't want to go to school, right? Okay. So that was my scenario. I didn't have, you know, depression or anxiety. I just hated school. I hated listening to other people. So I went there, walked down the road. Um, it was funny because the, the principal there was my old principal at the original high school I went to, which I also pretty much got kicked out of as well. I got pushed out. So I went to Cora Collegiate in grade nine. They pushed me over to St. Mary's College. I was there from 10 to 12. When I walked in um, at Prince Charles, I seen him there and he said, hey, Stefano, it's good to see you three years later, right from grade nine. Um, I told him, I was like, hey, St. Mary's College isn't working out for me. Like, would you mind taking me on here at the booklet school? He's like, yeah, no problem. You could start tomorrow. Sign a couple of papers. And uh, I, I was at the new school. And to give you kind of a summary of how that school works um, in terms of like classroom setting and workflow and whatnot, if you don't want to be there, you could take your work home and go. So I took advantage of that. Makes sense. I took advantage of that. And why it's called booklet school is each like um, credit you have to get, you do in booklets. Okay. okay. So there's not too much teaching going on. Like it's really, really, it's locally developed learning. So it's like a very, very easy level of learning. So it's just booklets, bunch of multiple, uh, multiple choice questions, very simple projects that you could do. And, um, I just always told them, Hey, I don't want to be, be here. I don't feel comfortable being here. I'd take all my booklets. I'd go home. My brother was uh, very, very talented in school, um, which I wasn't. So I used him as leverage and I said, Hey, will you complete these booklets for me if I pay you? <laughs> so I pretty much paid my way out of grade 12, got like my eight or 16 credits because I failed a couple uh, couple credits on the way up to grade 12. And he did all my schooling for me, 10 bucks a booklet. 
And, you know, for, if it was like maybe 500 to a thousand bucks, I paid him over a year. Um, he completed all my credits for me and I graduated. Then you're done. That was but done. you were basically just doing the graduation just to get the paperwork out of the way. You were probably at that point really you know hungry to get into business. I honestly, if I could go back in time, I wish I would just would have never graduated. And I know that sounds crazy. I just like the diploma means nothing. It, it, it means absolutely I, nothing. I agree with you. Um, I did it for my parents. But the thing is, is like my parents were so supportive being old school, uh, old school Italians. All they know is work, right? Like yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them, I should say. Some are more strategic than others and built great businesses, but you know, my parents were very loving and they just told me, you know, Stefano, if you're working, we're happy. So the high school diploma, I guess, was just kind of for me to feel fulfilled that like, hey, all my friends have it. I have it. And just kind of something to check off my list. You know, school teachers were pushing for it. Principals were pushing for it. everybody's like, get your diploma, Stefano, get your diploma. And yeah, like I said, if I could go back in time, I would have just I never needed to actually never use it, it to, to use it for credibility to get advanced. And yeah. when I did post, I never even used that. I needed, I never had a need to actually show it to get advanced, right? Mm -hmm. And I get it. I understand that a lot of people kind of rely on that. But I think today's landscape is completely different, man. You don't necessarily... The experience and the value that you bring and the skills that you, you create, the life that you start living... That has more value, in Absolutely. my opinion, right? Absolutely. So I'm just saying, you know, I guess back in my day when, when I was your age, the joke was like, stay in school, kids, stay in school, kid. Mm -hmm. Like, just stay. But there was never a reason why sh you should stay in school. Yeah. But I mean, I think you just, you come across as a kind of individual that has that entrepreneurial kind of spirit that you wanted to try something else. You were ready for the next step. You didn't yeah, need to get yeah. authorization to do the next step. Absolutely. And my parents were very encouraging of that. I, I told them, I was like, hey, you know, I'm paying my brother to do these booklets. I'm not going to school. I'm going to work full time. And that's what I did. So in grade 12, you know, everybody, all my friends are going to high school. They're at the old high school, St. Mary's College. And I was just working full time at a car wash rental place. And um, you're like, what? It was, it was 16? sorry. It wasn't a car wash place. It was a rental, like a car rental place. But yeah. I would wash the cars. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I did that and, for and, a summer. And yeah. them all up. So I did that for like six months. Uh, then I worked at a bakery. That was hell. I've done that. Um. <laughs> Then after the bakery, I worked at an electronics store, Best Buy. Okay, I never did that. And when I worked Best Buy during the day, I would go serve at night at a restaurant. Um, actually, one of my favorite restaurants in Sault Ste. Marie, it's Antico's. Um, I think it stands for ancient in Italian, Antico. Okay. Anyways, and uh, yeah, I was, I was just pretty much working long hours and long days and just making money and paying my brother to do booklets and kind of finding my way in life, you know. Um, and then I got into construction. So, so that was the hardscaping. No, nope. no, started with landscaping. No, no, no I'm going to tell you how I, I haven't even got to when I started business. I, okay. I, I decided to go and uh, work for a good friend of mine, uh, his construction company. He builds homes, he does development, et cetera. And uh, I lasted four days. And it wasn't because of my work ethic. I had work ethic. I, I could work like a mule. I could work long hours. But I was just very disrespected um, being in this work environment. It wasn't my style. You know, everybody was just... Just very different than me. You know but what I mean? Negative? Yeah, very negative. Uh, like not abusive, but just like, you know, always, you know, insulting or just like not being kind. Like there was no leadership. There was no motivation there. It was just like, grab my tools, follow me. Grab this stack of wood, carry it from here to over there. And I was like, guys, I came here to learn. Like I want to learn how you to You wanted build. a purpose. I wanted a purpose there. I didn't want to just carry wood around all day like a slave. And I did that for four days straight. They would make me carry lumber 
from like one end of the school because it was a development at a school all the way to the other drop it there and then the next day they'd make me take it and bring it all the way back they were just fucking with me just screw i don't know if we're allowed to swear on. oh you told you that's okay good because so they were just fucking around that's all it was right they were just screwing with me um and it it really pissed me off and then my last day there they were just playing a joke i mean I, i was taking it seriously like i actually wanted to learn how to start building like i was really interested in it was uh, the majority of the trades that were on that project not really caring i was about framing the work? like i was like you that's were what framing, I, that's but the what rest was, of the guys there were they caring about what they were doing or were no, they, was, it was it just, just a, a paycheck it was just a joke man it was just a joke it was just a paycheck it was ran like an absolute disaster um there was no leadership going on there at all i, I was there to learn i was there to pick up a trade you know i was taking it seriously big and company uh semi big okay. i'm not going to disclose no no names, don't don't, don't share it but i just yeah, yeah i figure if they get Se- a contract semi, like that semi big you yeah. know it's a developing company back home for custom homes as well as uh developments i guess if you okay will. yeah and um you know it was just the guys who who uh, worked there the way they treated me it's it was so shitty that four days was just absolutely horrible it made me so pissed off that's why i started a business so that was your first impression of construction my first impression of construction was I, I, I got there first day, the foreman looks at me, he's like, grab that, 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 carry my tools, follow me. This guy didn't even have his belt on yet, like his tool belt on. He's dragging his ass into the building and I'm carrying all this guy's tools, tools like a dog. I'm, sh- I'm fine with starting from the bottom. That's fine. But in my business, it doesn't work like that. I'm carrying all the stuff and I'm making the guy follow me with nothing in his hands. Yeah. Because that's proper leadership. And it just doesn't, it didn't make sense to me. So that, that was just right off the hop. I'm like, okay, whatever. I got to start from the bottom. It's fine. I'm okay with carrying uh, his tools. Like he's the king. And, uh, and then I told him, I was like, Hey, uh, I want to learn how to basically frame and I want to be a red seal carpenter. That's why I'm here. What was his response to that statement? Yeah, no problem. You got to just start from the bottom. I said, okay, absolutely. I'll definitely do that until a few days later, I realized all they were doing was just playing games on me. So for eight hours a day, they were making me carry lumber from one end of the school all the way to the other. And it was like every probably day? every day, all day for three days straight. And then on the fourth day, that's when I lost it. I just snapped and I left. So the first day they made me carry like, I don't even know how much lumber. Like I a carried. whole lift or something or a few lifts? Just imagine carrying lumber on your shoulder all day. I don't know how else to explain it. Wow. So I carried it from one end of the school to the other, put it there. Next day I came to work. It's so my second day there. They looked at me and they said, yeah, we weren't supposed to put that lumber there. You got to bring it all the way back. I was like, no, no way. Like, there's no way. Like, I actually carried, like, uh, it felt like a room full. And you did that a third day? On the third day? No, no, second day, they made me carry all that lumber back. And then on the third day? I come to the third day. Third day, they were just making me do some, like, miscellaneous sweeping and here, hold my tools and just basically watch them work, right? Just watch and learn pretty much. Um, and maybe some other stuff happened. I can't quite remember. It was four years ago. And then on the fourth day, this is when I completely lost it. So, you know, when you're kind of like framing in a floor, uh, I guess, if you will, um, and I'm not too oriented when it comes to carpentry, but there's basically like your, your, your walls, your right? Yeah. Like this. And there's joints. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Joints all across the floor. So there was this big, long, like, like two by six or whatever. I don't even know the dimensions of the chunk of wood. It was massive. And it was underneath the floor joist. And they all looked at me when I came back from lunch and they said, okay, Stefano, um, what we have for you to do for the rest of the day is you got to get that board from underneath the floor joist. Oh, okay. I was like, no problem. 
I, I actually went just because I knew there was no possible way of actually getting it out underneath the, the floor joists. But I was just like, I'm going to try at least. And I looked at them after like 20 minutes of struggling with it. I said, guys, like there's no way of doing it. They're like, there is. You just got to keep trying. So after about an hour of screwing around trying to get this big chunk of wood from underneath the floor joists, I looked at them. I said, there's, there's no possible way of getting that out. Like, well, why are you guys making me do this? And they all started hysterically laughing. Like it was like a whole crew of men, just a bunch of fools. Honestly, just a bunch of fools. I hope they watch this. Just childs, <laughs> just childs. And uh, I just, you know, left all my stuff where it was and I walked out. And that was, that was it. Day. And then right after that, um, I had no job. And you got to remember, I was out of school. I worked like three, four different full-time jobs. I, w I was exhausted. I was like, you know what? I've had way too many You're jobs like over the last year. is not where you want to go? No, I actually really liked it. So I'm going to get to what sparked me here. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to work full-time for anyone else. So for about two, three weeks, I was kind of laying low at my house. And um you know, I was reading a couple of books on entrepreneurship and it was this one book that actually sparked me. It was called, um, crushing it by Gary V. Yeah, yeah. And it's a yellow book, uh, that he came out with back in like, it was like 2018 and I was reading it in 2019. And, um, I read that book, got about like halfway through it. And, you know, everything was going through my mind about that job site and, and working for that construction company. I was like, you know what, that business was ran so poorly. There was zero leadership Nobody knew what they were doing. It was They're just like, missing it was, opportunities. It was yeah. a gong show. And I was like, rules, compliance, regulations. These are super critical things. We use tools that require high safety standards. We have to meet compliance and regulations at all times, not just for governmental issues. But actually, if we don't, we're risking our own employees. Every tool requires a different kind of training and understanding of how to operate it safely. Every rule needs to be fully understood, who's qualified to do certain jobs and who's not. All these are important things we managers must take care of to keep safety high at all times. Now, getting it done is way harder than talking about it. But luckily, there's a platform I found that can help out with everything I just mentioned. A great software called Connect Team, which has training and quizzes that you can build in any way you'd like to make sure your employees always know how to handle a certain tools. You can see who's done a certain course of quiz, who didn't complete it and can't work with a certain tool until they do. You also have the ability for an update if there's a new regulation you need everybody to be aware of ASAP. And also an easy overview screen to see who saw it. Plus, their schedule allows you to add limitations for certain jobs. So if one of your employees is not qualified to do a certain job, the system will automatically notify you about it. The platform offers a lot more such as easy access to playbooks or hazard reports. Just check them out for yourself. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. You know, if somebody like that could own a business, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the moon. I'm going to yeah. go to the moon. Yeah. So I just decided to start with what I had. Um, I went in my dad's shed, grabbed the rakes, grabbed all the landscape tools he had, grabbed his push mower, grabbed his weed whacker. Um, what are you, 18 now? You're 19? 19. 19 yeah. So this would, this would have been going into June of 2019. Okay. Yeah, I, w I would have been, no, no, I'm, I was actually 18. 18. Yeah, because I don't turn 19 till September. Okay. So this was June. So I was actually 18 at the time. Um, I would have been turning 19 in September 18th. So, um, yeah, I grabbed all my dad's tools out of the shed. I told him, I was like, hey, dad, you don't mind if I go and try and make some money with these tools? Um, because I read the book called Crushing It by Gary V. that book was basically all around how to use social media. Yep to leverage getting business opportunity. Yep. And um, 
I really, it really resonated with me. So what I decided to do is I went on to my computer. I had a beautiful MacBook that my parents bought me for school. And I was really fortunate of having that. And uh, I went on there and got all set up with a logo on this logo maker website. I'm pretty sure it was called Wix. Um, made this. Uh, so you were starting to build Northern at that time? Yeah, it was called Northern Landscaping. So the name came from what? Um, honestly, I just hopped on a call with uh, my good friend, Nick. Nick's like my brother. Okay. And uh, I told him, I was like, hey, man, he was working full time in the plant uh, for his dad at that time. And I just told him, I was like, hey, brother, like, um, I'm going to start a business. Like, I want to start a business. Uh, I'm, I'm sick and tired of working for other people. But and you knew uh, you wanted a partner? Well, we are just like best friends, man. We were like always together throughout high school. We went through a same lot mindset, of things. Same mindset, same people, same morals, same family. You know, we were like straight up two brothers that grew up together, but just came from different moms yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, you know, I didn't meet him till I was about 15, but like we just like connected really strongly and it just like felt like we knew each other our whole life type of deal. So um, what I decided to do was, uh, like I said, hop on the computer, made a logo, made a slogan. Still the same logo today? Uh, no, it's been revised. No, no, no. Uh, the Northern landscaping logo is completely okay, gone. Yeah, 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 it's completely gone. Maybe we could pop it up somehow in the video. I'll, I'll yeah, send yeah, it no, to her. I know that it's on your IG, right? So it's yeah, like, it's on my IG. Uh, earlier post, right? Yeah. If you go to Northern snow, it might be like way, way at the bottom yeah. of the Instagram yeah. page. Um, but yeah, I made that on a, a logo maker right on the website, made a slogan. And because I read that book, it told me, you know, to, to leverage social media, to be able to get some business. And I, I did just that. I went on Kijiji, posted everything. I went on Facebook, posted everything. I boosted my post saying, Hey, I'm a young landscaper at this age. Um, taking care of, you know, if you want your flower beds clean, if you want garbage clean into your backyard, you want your grass mowed, any sort of maintenance around your property, I'm your guy. And I plastered that logo, made an Instagram page put it all over social media and the phone just started ringing. It was that easy. People then, started calling because they pretty saw much, that. Pretty much, exactly. But how were you getting traction at that point? I guess this is like four years ago or f yeah, four years ago, four yeah, and a yeah. bit. And then mm -hmm. you're just getting started and you're just creating posts and then you're just doing paid posts, uh, boost posts. Yeah, boosted posts. Okay, and then, yeah. they're, and then you're putting the parameters on who you want to reach, right? So yes. you were looking for what, like homeowners? Yes, this kind yes. of homeowners eight from a certain age. Yeah, bracket, because um, I knew that's that's what would work the best. I think the age bracket might have been like twenty five to sixty five or something like that. And then so the phone majority ringing. of people, yeah, yeah, phone started ringing, uh, DM started coming through the the page, and uh, had business on our hands. Yeah, and they just wanted a quote at first, and then you would come in and then take care of. Pretty much like whatever I, you were I, selling at the time. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what I was fucking doing. <laughs> Nothing. I, I didn't even have a clue. You're still, you're new. You're wet behind the ears. I was thing. ambitious. Um, I had a good grip on, I think, how business worked in my head. And like I said, I read that book. It gave me so much energy to just go and do my own thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to commit to this and figure the rest out later. And that was a lot of what I've done my whole life to get to the point where I'm at right now is, you know, I just commit to a lot of things and then figure out the rest later now at the level we're at you got to be a little bit more strategic because you could lose your ass quite easily course, but yeah. in those younger uh in those younger days and stages of life everything was all about that i didn't know how to hardscape i didn't know how to pour concrete i didn't know how to lay brick i didn't know how to run an escalator well, you were learning as people were coming approaching you and they're asking for a scope that's you it. were learning and understanding that there's an opportunity here and this is what i'll do right exactly but exactly. you were also were you paying attention like were you and nicholas paying attention to cause and effect 
So you guys did something on social, mm -hmm. you saw traction attached to it, mm -hmm. and then you said, okay, that kind of works, but then you guys were probably trying other things as well too to see if that would work, and that yeah. wasn't working. But you were yeah. focusing on what was working. Um, I was focusing on what was working, but I was just generally landscaping and whatever that entailed, if somebody wanted to walk away, I was just going to go for it. And if I didn't know how to do it, I was going to watch some YouTube videos on how to do it. Maybe call a guy I knew with basic experience to come help. And I did, I did that. Right. Like I said, I, I come from they were a, probably a lot more receptive than the jokers on the job site at the very beginning. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just good buddies. I know that had maybe a little bit of landscaping experience. I said, Hey, you know, I'm, let's say I'm two, three months in at this point. Hey, I got somebody who wants like an interlock walkway. I'm like very overwhelmed. I was like, man, I don't even know where to start. Like watch a couple of YouTube videos that semi helps, but somebody there with actual experience is going to be able to get the job done. And uh, I always leveraged using people I knew, not like using them. Like I always, you know, paid everybody well, learn treated them, them very well, but just to, you know, use them for their expertise and, yeah. and learn from them. Absolutely. So, um, you know, growing the business to where it is today was a big part of that from start to finish is like, you can't be the guy that thinks he knows everything and thinks he could do everything. Because that guy doesn't exist. Well, you're not going to grow a business that way. No. Yeah, the one-man show always remains the one-man show with a bunch of problems. How did so. you, because I'm very curious on how you started crafting the customer relationship. Because dealing with customers and dealing with clients and dealing with what they're asking you for, um, that's a whole other world of learning, right? And that doesn't really, that's not really all that expressed in Crushing It, right? Crushing is more about all the avenues that you can get to and look at opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't really dive too deep into just the handshake of dealing no, with people. No, not so much. He, that book was more or less just like, hey, wake the fuck up. Yeah. You have free tools right at your fingertips. Yeah. Facebook, Kijiji, Snapchat, Instagram. Um, That's your any, word of mouth reach out there. Any pla Yeah, YouTube, any platform you could think of that social media. Now, you know, TikTok, there's so many different ones. And, and that book was basically like, hey, wake the fuck up. There's opportunity to make money, okay? And you have tools at your fingertips for free to be able to advertise to people. What the fuck are you doing? So there's doing? no excuses. There's no excuses at all. Like, yeah. it, it, there's zero excuses. I could say that today's um, generation in the world we live in today, there has never, ever, ever, ever been more opportunity to build a business in my opinion. However, it's not easy, of course, right? There's so many people trying to start businesses. Is it not easy because you think that there's just too many, the lake is small and there's way too many fish kind of mentality. Like people no. think there is, and that's not no, the case, there's room, right? There's room for anyone to grow. Like to it's, come in a new idea or whatever, yeah, or a new version of an existing idea. Yeah, like there's there's tons of room for anyone to grow. You know, you could have a 16, 17-year-old company, uh, start a company and be successful with it, you know? Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's totally possible. They're doing things Anything's possible. And you know what they leverage to start their business? Social media. Yeah. Like, that's where all these people are stemming from, you know? Um, you could make your business a powerhouse through social media. So from the landscaping, you got into more hardscaping. And then at what point did you get into snow? What, at what point did you and Nick all of a sudden start thinking, let's go snow now? So, yeah, to give this some more backstory here. Um, so when we got into business together and we were doing the landscaping over the summer, um, we were going back into fall, of course, right? Yeah. Um, my partner, Nick, didn't want to go to school at all. He, he, didn't, he really did not want to, but his, his parents were kind of pushing him to into, go. Into post? Uh, yeah, 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 to college, right? Uh, yeah. He was going to do business. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, he went for them to, to make him happy. But there was me. And I was like, well, you know, we had such a good summer landscaping. 
I don't want to go to school. I don't even have the requirements to go to school. I was down like all these credentials that I would have needed to go to business school with Nick. Cause I was, you know, thinking about that at one point. And, um, he went off and I was kind of by myself. And I remember it was just like, all my friends went to school. Everybody was starting their career. I wasn't getting any business in because it was kind of like, you know, fall time going into winter. And I was just like, I was beaten up, man. I was just like down and I was like, like, how can I get back on my horse here and get this back the into business? This first year when you got started? This is the first so year. So this is the end of the first year season. And end of the summer. Yeah. yeah so okay. like I said, we are full bore in June. Logos out, social media's out, we're popping off. And then this would have been October time. But now you're dealing with seasonal low. Very big seasonal low. Uh, and like, like I wasn't depressed because I've never been depressed, but I was, I felt down. You know, I was, I was nervous. It felt like everybody around me was going to be something. And then I was just going to end up being nothing. I didn't, I don't know how to explain it. I just felt down. And then uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do something very similar to landscaping. I'm going to start it the same way I did with using my dad's snowblower. Ask my dad, Hey dad, can I use your snowblower? And I'm going to go do residential driveways with a truck and trailer. What did you charge for the first one? First driveway? Yeah. Oh man. I used to drive house. I was charging like 25, 30 bucks to clean, to clean your uh, driveway. (laughs) I promise you the first year was like learning. the The first year was all learning, probably a little bit of money lost. Um, because I worked my whole life from like when I was 13 all the way to that age, I had a little bit of money in the bank. So like I seen money coming in, I thought I was making money, but I actually wasn't. I was probably, I probably lost, you know, maybe a couple grand throughout that whole year of doing landscaping and snow removal. Were you calculating like how much time you were spending being the salesperson and how much time you were spending being the actual labor doing the work? Were you trying to figure out what the total I think I've done price. a healthy mix, but now over the last like three years, like ever since we've gotten to like 175 driveways and beyond, like, you know, I, I really focus on sales. I really focus on marketing. My, my heart really resides in that part of the business. Um, I'm very goal driven um, and, and always setting big targets for the team. But I, I just love sales and marketing. Like that's just like my bread and butter investing too. But sales and marketing is like, if I had to choose like down the road, once we become larger and larger and larger, that would be probably my two main focuses of the business is, is sales and marketing. So how does, um, okay. So this is now you're 19, you're was, 19. You just turned 19. Starting. I just turned 19 and I, and I just got the walk behind snowblower from my dad. Uh, Nick's dad threw us a walk behind snowblower as and well. Nick is at school or Nick is, Nick is at school. Okay. okay. He came in for the shifts that he was able to come in. So he was doing college and he, he just kind of came in whenever he could. Right. He out. probably, he probably came for at least half the shifts. I would say maybe even a little bit more. Okay. And then where I did the other half with my cousin, cause my cousin lived with me. He's actually from Whitby, Ontario, not too far away. Okay, you know, Whitby, right, right beside Oshawa and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, he lived with me. So he came and helped. And then, uh, my good buddy, Spencer, Spencer Emlaw. Um, he was like almost like an older brother to me when I was super young. He grew up right next door to me, grew up in the West end of Sault Ste. Marie. And, uh, I live in a semi house. He lived in the semi house beside me. We shared a driveway. And, uh, yeah, he was just like my childhood older brother and he, uh, came out and helped me snowblow. So how yeah. do you like Stefano, how do you get from two walk behind snowblowers to like talk about your machinery? Because I mean, you've got a few toys now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ain't small toys, man. Yeah, like you've yeah. got a yard, you've got a, a shop, you've got employees, you've got a team now. Like, how do you grow that in four years to get, well, it wasn't even four years to get to that point. 
Yeah, like that to this to to back from 2019 until now. Yeah, it's it's a little bit over four years, but I, yeah, I guess you could say four. How many years. toys you got? Um, 36 tractors. Uh, <laughs> we have. I'm, I'm trying to count. It. I'm trying to count trucks. No, right I now. love it. I just yeah. love, like it's not one or two. No. It's dozens, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing that you have that that you've grown that to that point, right? I'm trying to take a. I got to take a, a video of our fleet at the at the shop, like kind of like a shop tour. I haven't yeah. done that for YouTube yet, but I've been meaning to. I mean, yeah, we we got uh, like probably I think six or seven work trucks and a bunch of trailers. We got a bunch of snowblowers. How many employees now? Um, including like the winter or like yeah. full full time full time. Uh, full time employees. We have yeah, because the winter you get a spike. Yeah, we have seasonal, yeah. right? Guys who come in to do seasonal work, they're on salary. They get paid every Friday, snow or no snow. Yeah. And, and they're seasonal. So total employees, it's about 45. And then once winter ends, we'll probably chunk down to, uh, I'd say about 25. Yeah. So how is it being a 23-year-old kid managing that group of people? Um, it feels right. I don't right. mean to scare you, but yeah, you're, you're no, responsible no. Oh, for I'm, their livelihoods now. Yeah, you know I'm not I mean? scared at all. You're providing um, uh, income for them and their families, and they're looking towards you to grow themselves, right? Mm -hmm. That's big. That's big responsibility, man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I put the guys before myself. Um, I have since day one. Uh, I think that was a big part of why I was able to grow the business to where it is now so quickly. I just... I was always the type of guy to, I'm not lazy, but I would try and work smarter, not harder. So if like, I knew there was somebody that had skills that was capable of doing something that I couldn't, that I couldn't do, I would grab them right away and bring them on. Right. Whether that be landscaping, whether that be roofing, snow was kind of built a little bit differently, but I always try to leverage people with their skills and uh, skills and ability to be able to come work with us. I mean, snow is a, well. it's a, it's a different breed of person that yeah, yeah. goes down that yeah. I mean, when, when the majority of people are cozy in their bed and they're going night for the day, mm -hmm. like the decision process and selecting your siding and colors can be challenging, which is why Fraser Wood Siding is here to make the process as simple as possible. Their beautiful pre-finished wood siding is made using high-quality PEFC certified Canadian softwood, and it's available in 17 profiles in unlimited colors. Supplied by the global leader in paints, Sherwin-Williams. With distribution all over Canada, USA, and Europe, Fraser Wood Siding can help you achieve your desired look no matter the style. Visit their website, www.fraserwoodsiding.com, and check out their products online. You can even request a sample directly from the website. Simply click the Request a Sample link and fill in your information, and your sample will arrive in just a few days. Fraser Wood Siding, get inspired. You guys are rolling out. And just getting things started, like you guys are going out in the dead of winter, the middle of the night, all kinds. Of, you're just you have responsibilities, so yeah. it's a different breed of person, man. You know, I, I, I'm going to say this because I truly feel it. Um, the snow removal business is a young man's game, uh, especially the model I'm in. Um, you know, I know there's some ambition, uh, ambitious 50 year olds out there that would look at me and be like, Hey, I'll give you a run for your money, kid. Sure. You know what? You could probably work your ass off, but it's a young man's game. It's very difficult. It's high stress. It's very demanding. Um, there's no time on your side. Predictability nope. is out the door. Cause you don't know what the weather is going to do. Right. Yep. You have no control over it. And, um, it's not something that's 365 days a year. So to get in the groove of it is always very difficult at the beginning of the season as well. It's, it's probably... I mean, I haven't, you know, done a bunch of other businesses, but as far as landscaping and roofing uh, goes, snow is more difficult by like times 20. 
I totally agree, man. Like, I, I, I can't even, like, explain it. You have to go through it and feel it, you know? When you've been working for four, five, six days straight and you get an hour or two of sleep every single night dealing with all the stress that comes with, you know, having 36 pieces of equipment, having 45 guys running around and, you know, watching things go very right but also very wrong at the same time for days on end like that, it could eat you alive. you got to be a strong man. Uh, I, I just truly believe no, that. No, I you agree know? with you totally. And People you can say whatever you want. Hey, you're a 23-year-old kid. Well, hey, I'll hand you the torch. Okay, I'll hand you the torch for the week through a massive snowstorm up in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, I want to see how you do. Yeah. Because it takes balls. Of course. It does. And you guys are getting a lot more snow. I mean, I, I also love on your website that you got a weather tracker, right? Yeah, we got a weather tracker. We got a, a forecasting station. Um, but you also got a weather resource. So you're letting people know what November was like. And we're yeah, talking yeah. now in December. Yeah. So you're letting them know how the season logs. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah, yeah. We got Which, our snow meter so, with how I much mean, snow is falling. You're doing that consciously because you know that that's a sales tactic, right? Yeah, man. Well, I'm just, I'm always trying to just provide the best service possible. Like I go above and beyond to be able to be known for having the best service and the best brand. You know, I've spent all my money doing that. You know what I mean? Any like, clients look at you and go, young punks, why would I oh, hire for you? Sure, that for happens sure. all the time? But yeah, young punks, all you want. We come from a small town of 80,000 people. Like you gotta, like if you look at us on the map, you have to go seven hours north down the highway to hit the next biggest city or you got to go four hours south to Sudbury. We are in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Basically, we're surrounded by three great, great lakes. It snows like a motherfucker there. <laughs> and um, How much snow have you gotten already this season? I don't know. Like how I think it's probably like fifty like or sixty, forty centimeters. Yeah, centimeters, right? So. I, I have no idea. When it comes, it comes hard, and we live around the three Great Lakes. Like we're we get pelted. It's just perfect. And like you, like the predictability where we are too is even worse because the lakes just brew up snow and just dump it on us. So it's like extra difficult where we are. I'm not using it as an excuse. But like, you know, up here is a little bit different for snow than where we are. Yep. We get triple, quadruple the amount you guys get. And I bet you that our predictability to be able to look at the forecast and say, hey, this is how much snow we're going to get is way off compared to you guys up here. Does your business model, do you think it would work here in a more urban environment? Um, you know, I'd be interested in, in trying it in the future. But you know what? In my eyes, it would work. But I don't think the scale would be as big. No, that's what you totally you have know? to downsize it. I got, I got the hungry crowd. Yeah. I got the starving crowd. Yeah, You know what fine. I mean? I mean, what I mean by starving crowd is like we get killed with snow. Everybody's looking for snow removal. Where here, you guys don't get killed. So you don't got the hungry crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my crowd's fucking starving. All the time. All the time, man, because we get so much snow. So we need solutions. And uh, the solutions for that is our residential snow company. Northern How are snow. you guys coming up with the pricing model? Because I know that you guys charge a certain rate seasonal. It's a seasonal rate. Yeah, it's an Whether all, it snows all in one or doesn't snow, that's it's what you're paying, right? It's an all-in-one package, brother. Yeah, so that's just how it is. And like you said, your employees are getting paid regardless. It comes yep. payday. Yep. If there was any work at that, like you got, they could have been sitting around doing nothing yeah, at all, like and they start getting paid. They got paid yesterday, and we only went out once last week, and it was for like four hours for a quick touch-up pass, or like three days ago, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So how are they, like, how do you calculate that number to figure out your rates knowing moving forward, right? So um, when we came into the marketplace, we basically, uh, I looked at snow averages um, of like what Ottawa got, what Montreal got. And this business model 
comes from like Montreal. It's branched off in Ottawa. It's really, really big because Ottawa gets more snow than yeah. here. There's a couple guys doing it around these parts, but they haven't been successful with the scale, like I said, because there's no starving crowd. Um, and anyways, I, I, I dived in deep to what they were pricing for their business, which is the same model we are using here in Sault Ste. Marie. And um, I looked and a lot of them were like 475. And I was like, okay, if you're 475 for the season, let me let me for run a single some car numbers. drive, right? Yeah, single car, two car driveway, single you call it. Yeah, yeah two car driveway, single lane but two car. Yeah, yeah, fits two cars, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, so I did my math and seen how much they were charging. I think it was actually four twenty five or four hundred or four fifty back then. I don't remember what it was, somewhere in there. And I was like, okay, let me do the average snow that we get in Sault Ste. Marie versus the average snow that Ottawa or Montreal gets. And kind of price it off what they're doing and just charge it a little bit more because we're the only ones in the marketplace. So I did that and uh, I did it off actually capital services prices and they're in Ottawa, big company. They do 9,000 driveways, uh, 83 tractors, uh, wow. the, the, the owner, ex-owner now because he sold it to the daughter. Uh, Jim McKenzie is uh, the invented, inventor of the Pronovo Cyclone, that galvanized blower we have on the back of our yeah, tractors, yeah, that yeah. nice galvanized okay. blower. He invented that actually. So he's on a beach right now. Uh, actually, you know what? He's, he's got such a heart in the business. He's probably out doing snow with them whenever it snows. Wow. He's just, he's a tractor motor head, loves fabricating, loves welding. But yeah, anyways, I, I looked at their prices. I was like, okay, this is what they're charging for the entire season. Uh, based on how much snow they get. I was like, okay, this is how much snow we get. I was like, okay, I found my happy medium. I was like, we'll charge 600 bucks to start. First year was 600. Second year was 625. Third year was 650. Easy to get the sales? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Really, yeah? Dude, so they were you Were you double, like second guessing maybe it was a little low? Um, No. No. No, because- It was fair. It was fair because of the efficiency and the machinery we were using. So- for a guy with a walk behind snowblower, for it to be profitable, you got to be charging like 800, 900 bucks. But because we had the tractors, I mean, yes, they cost more money, but you're doing driveways in two minutes versus 20. It's like two, three passes, you're done. Yeah, two, three passes and you're done. Um, and obviously with the model that we brought there, having the snow stakes at the end of the driveway and all these market marketing tactics we use and whatnot, we are able to get road density. Well, when you have road density, that's when you become profitable. So it was yeah those those driveway pickets like the markers yeah that's, that's actually clever man yeah well it it's like it's a no brainer <laughs> and I don't even like just look at it you know yeah. but nobody else was doing that until you came up with it there was one other company doing it but they were using the wrong equipment and they were using the wrong business model they had the wrong approach they were using Ventrax okay they only go about like five ten kilometers an hour down the road you got to truck and trailer them to your location unload them and then go start doing driveways the blower widths like 40 inches 50 inches like i came in with these Kubota l6060s uh they go 30 kilometers an hour they had the 82 inch blower on the rear and they're like like mini hot rods you know um and you could just drive from place to place to place to place with them you didn't have to go truck and trailer and drop at a subdivision and then carry on doing your driveways uh, you could drive it from one end of the city to the other so you have your route you have your, route. You have your sales you have all your addresses first year actually getting serious in the model we had 175 driveways with three tractors one east one west one central uh, each one had, you know, a little bit over, I was what, whatever 75 times three is. So roughly to yeah. reach 175. And um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was quite successful. We did really well with it. And then what are you doing like four years now into the game? How many clients you got going on seasonally now? Right now we are at 3,250 and we got 36 machines. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. So it's it's and that's just you and Nick. Way. Just me and Nick. We're we're partners. Sales. Uh, we got our operations manager uh, Mitchell. We got our shop manager Eric. We got a couple other guys that are on salary that are a big part of the roofing company. They pretty much run it for us in the summer. Um, they're pretty involved as well, putting in extra hours in the machines, doing dispatches and stuff like are that. Are you still doing the roofing? Uh, yeah, we're doing the roofing okay. as well. All and right. then uh, we also have uh, another big hand in the shop. His name's Andreas. Um, so, yeah, we got quite the team. Uh, we got two CSRs, uh, customer service reps, if you will, uh, Daniel Givens, and then uh, also Josh uh, that just joined us recently. Then we have our front desk lady as well, which is uh, Nick's mom. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So who's taking care of, I guess, you? yeah, you're maintaining all these machines over the period of the season, yeah. right? Plus yeah. off, off season as well. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we do touch ups on uh, on the machines in the off season. You know, a little paint here, a little undercoat here, you know, fix this up, fix that up. We touch everything up. I like the little trick with the shovel, just mounting the shovel on the back. Oh, of did the, you see that? Yeah, I saw that, right? Yeah, so I was so like, that's a clever little trick. We've done, some, you know we've done some innovating there quite a bit. I mean, we started with putting the shovel on the back of the blower. And now we've actually moved it to the inside and we have different shovels. So we used to use tree spade shovels that yeah. we found on Amazon. Yeah. And now we got like these actual picks. They're like ice picks made it a pure steel. They probably weigh like 20 pounds a piece. And uh, we use those and they're a lot easier to break it up. Oh, so much so easier. Much it's, it's a spear. Yeah. It's, it's an so ice it's, spear. So, so it's easy to when do. the throat's clogged, you just jam it in there and it just breaks everything up where the tree spade shovel was like, kind of hard to maneuver in there it was a little bit too large it works we still have it on quite a bit of our blowers um but uh we we innovated there we're always constantly innovating always 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 like all these little things you see on our tractors like there's some guys doing it but there's a lot of guys not doing it like we got the fuel tank mounts um we have uh, the double fuel tank mounts for the big tractors what else do we got we got the toolbox mounts that we put on some of the kabotas as yeah, well i saw that as well um you know, and when we started, it was funny. We had the shovel in, in the back seat, right behind the seat. And, and we had our bag of tools, this big bag of tool behind the, behind the seat as well. And, uh, you know, I used to put uh, stabilizer fluid in there. And all I would smell all shift is that damn stabilizer fluid yeah, just yeah. coming from the back seat. You know exactly what it was. But, I, like, okay, Kubota, are they good salespeople? Their machines are good? K Kubota, Kubota treats us like family. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin with them. Like, I love that company to death. They brought me to their warehouse in Pickering. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't gone to it. Love to see it. Oh, I'd be 75,000 square feet. Like, wow. Like the amount, it's Japanese inspired, of course, because it's a Japan company. It's just so gorgeous inside. It's so clean, so clean. Like you could go into their shop and it's just ran like military style. You could eat off the floor. Um, they get the end user. Yeah. They, they yeah. know where the machine needs to do and mm -hmm. what and all kinds of stuff. They, right? they brought me in like family. You know, they heard of the big order I was making uh for this year um and and they brought me to their warehouse twice for a full tour took me out for lunch gave me some incredible pricing and just was like family you know they just opened their arms to us and yeah i'm i'm loyal to Kubota. i don't see us going to any other uh brand we're phasing out of john deere um nothing wrong with john deere great no, great good machines yeah it's just i don't get that same support um and there's a lot more benefits with Kubota, and the price point's better and the machine does the same thing so why, so why when, would I, when are you ready to pull the trigger to, to start growing, whether it be in sales and then personnel machinery, like, are you, you've set up now, right? So you're ready. And how much more work can you bring in seasonally at that point? You're going to realize, hang on a sec. We need more people. We need a bigger shop with we 36 need more machines? machines. Yeah. Like, like how much bigger can we scale? Yeah. Um, 
Don't miss it on huge savings. Visit goiguide.com slash shop and use promo code TCL podcast to get deep discounts on an iGuide system. Everyone loves swag and I love giving it away. So if you're listening and you're interested in learning more about iGuide, shoot me an email, rjohnston at planetar.com or a message on LinkedIn and I'll send you free swag just for saying hello. I've got free t-shirts and toques and I can't wait to give them away. I've also got special offers for TCL listeners, so it's worth your time to reach out. We could do 3,500 driveways max with 36 machines. So like, you've, you've done the data and you calculate and you go, is yes, at that yes. point, we need to start expanding. Yes. Like the thing is, is, uh, and I've said this before plenty of times in this business, you got to put the carriage in front of the horse. You know, the saying, you know, the horse pulls the carriage yeah. or the cart, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You got to put the carriage in front of the horse in this business. And you don't know how things are going to end up when you're ordering your equipment. I'm ordering my equipment in January for this winter. Blind. Blind, completely yeah, blind. blind. So it makes things very difficult because if you buy too much equipment, you're fucked. You're, you're You've screwed. made them money. You've made them but money, but now yeah. all your profit's gone. Yeah. Or in some cases, if you're really not that wise, you'll lose money. So um, when I was getting prepared for this upcoming winter, um, the goal was pretty much to, to do 3,000 plus. And uh, I ordered enough equipment to do 4,000 just because just because why not you know what i mean you probably saw the potential there that it might get to that point this well season. so we went from 500 to 2000 i know how many houses are in sault Ste. marie i said 4000 is going to be an absolute stretch it probably won't be possible but i know we'll land somewhere between three and four somewhere in there we'll land so i ordered more machines that i actually needed i ended up grabbing the majority of them from my dealer but i also left them with a good i think four or five machines still left from my order that they're just going to give to me next year because i bought so much i kind of had that leverage there where I was like, hey, boys, I just bought 17, 18 machines. Like, I'm leaving five here. I'll, I'll get them later on in the season. I, I can't take them right now. If I get more contracts, I'll take them. And, um, you know, it, it was it was a good tactic because uh, if I didn't order that many machines, I, you know, I could have maybe fell short like I did every other year. But, yeah, um, basically, you know, putting the carriage in front of the horse is, is the same thing with route times. You don't know how long your guys are going to take. You have to go for the first, second, third, fourth snow event to see actually how things are going to unfold. Plan, you got to plan the route, right? You yeah. So um, when we went out for our first snow event, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, we only got 3,000 driveways. We got 36 machines, basically. Like, we're so slow. And I had to get back to reality for a second and remember, like, okay, it's the first run of the season. It takes time. I know it takes time. Operators are getting to learn their machine. They're clogging. They're breaking pins. They got to learn how everything works, et cetera. Are all the drivers giving you this feedback? Are they all contact? Yeah, so we, we had 15 or so experienced operators. I call them senior operators from the year prior that came over or two years prior that came over. Yeah. But then we had like 20 brand new operators. And, and that's what really causes a lot of, of, uh, of a disaster at the beginning of the season. That's why you're really slow is those 20 new operators are doing a large chunk of the city, a large chunk of your customers, but yet they've never even ran a machine. Yeah, we do practicing with them, but like the real practice don't come until the snow comes. Yeah. So you could have them run in circles around your yard all day long, put up pylons, lift your blower this way, move the chute this way, turn on your PTO on and off. They could practice for hours. Hours and hours. They could practice You're for two days straight. Fuel. It might help a little bit, but when the real, real practice comes to play is when the snow comes. So 
Yeah, anyways, we went out for our first event. I noticed that we were very long, and, and I started getting a pit in my stomach. I'm like, damn, man, I got 36 machines, only 3,000 driveways. I got more equipment than I could shake a stick at. Like, what the hell? Like, why are these guys taking so long? And I remember, I was like, well, it's the beginning of the season. Then the second snow event, they, they shaved 30 minutes off all their routes, like as a whole. Like, as a team, we shaved 30 minutes off. Next time, shaved another 30 minutes off. Next time, shaved another 30 minutes off. We've been out five times already, uh, going on our six. And by the fifth time, these guys had like two hours shaved off since the first snow event. And I know they're only going to keep getting quicker, right? So I was like, okay. And we were, we were taking on more customers throughout that period as well because it was a big snowstorm for like four days straight. It was about a week and a half ago. And, you know, we went from 3,000 to 3,050 to 3,100, 3,150 to 3,200. And these guys are getting quicker at the same time. So I was like, okay, now I could see this through a crystal ball. Just when we wrapped up our show last week there, um, I took a look around and I was like, you know what? The 36 machines, we just did 3,250 driveways in roughly five and a half hours. Um, that's exceptionally well. I'm very happy with that. That's so fast, I know those guys are only going to get quicker too, because I think like four or five of those operators are brand new too for that last pass, uh, like brand, brand new. So I was like, you know what? We're only going to get quicker and we could probably chunk this down to like I would say we'd be able to do 3,500 driveways in five hours once the team is like fully experienced and ready to go. So give us like four or five more snow events and we'll be able to crush our routes in five hours, 3,500 driveways. How do you, how do you train the, the staff to get out of the gate at that speed instead of having that ramp up getting out of the gate? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, how do you get them to the two hour where they can shave all that time? How, why is oh. it taking the crew... I guess they, they got to get their feet wet, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's just the inexperience, right? So what costs you a lot of time is when those brand new operators go out for their first snow event, they are by, their, by themselves on their own route. And what happens is they'll blow a pin. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I got to go change my shear pin and PTO pin. And like even myself, my first time changing my pins, I probably took like fucking 20 minutes. You don't even know where to start. It's so simple, but it just, you're unexperienced. Yeah. Now I'll go change a PTO pin in 30 seconds flat. Turn the machine off move the shaft, throw a pin in, gone, right? So there's stuff like that that causes them time. They're obviously nervous, so they're moving like a turtle. Uh, if they clog their blower, they could be there for an upwards of 30, 45 minutes because they don't know how to unclog it properly. Yeah. And we do all this training, but how do you do this training with no snow? The videos only go so far. So we have these videos. Our training is like to a T. Like our, our training is like, I don't even like, we're going to get better. I know ways of getting better, but for what it was, it couldn't have been better this year than, than anything else. Like it was, it was, we put everything we had on the table to make sure our training was, you know, pristine. We did a good job, but still, it still costs you, man. These guys need to feel it. They need to actually go through it to learn. Is the turnaround a lot? Like, I mean, are you getting a lot of people coming? I think we turned season? around uh, yeah. since the first snow event till now. I think we turned around four guys. Okay, that's not that bad. Yeah, not bad. Honestly, we, we got a team of 36 guys operating. Like I said, we have some other staff, office, shop, etc. Man, we got dogs. We got, so, I mean, is we your got business, dogs. Like we if, got is dogs. your business nowadays, I guess it's just go, go, go. Like it's not an eight-hour day nowadays, right? No, hell no. It can't be. Man, even so my, for like even, six months or even more than six months, like six months or so, you're probably going up to seven or eight months of the year. It's like long hour days, man. No, I can't even remember the last time I worked an eight hour day. It doesn't exist in you guys. No, like 12s are normal. And then when I actually feel like I got some shit done, it's like 16s, you know, you guys ever um, drive by driveways and then they have a heated driveway and you're just flipping them the bird. 
He did? Yeah. Oh, man, dude. I, what I tell you about Sault Ste. Marie, it's, it's a They don't have economy. it, right? There's not one heated driveway in our hometown. Not one, really? Not one heated driveway in our, our, in our hometown. Not one. Wow. There is one heated walkway. And he gets the driveway done by us. Okay. Okay. But his walkway is heated. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's got, oh, this, this home is just gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's probably. Why did he do the drive? I don't Funny. know. I, I asked myself the same question. I was like, man, your, your crib here is $2 million at least, maybe even more. I don't even know what the inside looks like. And for a $2 million home in Sault Ste. Marie is like a $10 million home in Oakville. Yeah. Like you got yourself yeah. a, a Scarface pad back yeah, in Sault Ste. Yeah, Marie yeah, for $2 yeah. million. like a really nice home. And I was like, you got the walkway done. You got this spaceship of a house. Your walkway is heated, but you're getting us to do the driveway. It's only like a four or five car driveway. Why didn't you just get that heated? Like you already like look at the host like just he did you driver. ask him or did he ever no 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 I would well, never ask I'd him. be curious He's, it's got to be a because it's very expensive at that size right well here's the thing right nobody does it in Sault Ste Marie so I imagine the price is probably four times what it would cost here right well I'd there's have, limitations when heated driveway so if you're getting a lot of snowfall mm -hmm. sometimes it can't sustain melting it fast enough so then you'll get accumulation which oh. means you'll have to snow clear it right okay that, that that's, that, that's what it reason. could that's where it's thinking that's my no, thought dude, that's what that's, i've been told that's right, definitely the reason why yeah. he didn't do it then he got the walkway done and i've done the driveway a couple times through that storm we had uh, a week and a half ago and it, it was hilarious because it was like completely bare and i was like that's pretty cool man um I don't know. Walkways are, are dangerous, especially with the climates we have back home. So, Which, I mean, it brings me to like a lot of guys don't get into your business because of the insurance, right? Um, yeah, but we're rocking the gray area. Why is that? We're in residential. Okay, so you don't have to deal. With, so you don't deal with any commercial. You, we don't not, do commercial. You're not going down that road. Huh? We don't touch commercial. We just do residential. So it's just at the homeowner's expense now. Everyone's not even that there. It's just your, it's a relationship with the homeowner. A, a lot of everything we do is on the homeowner. I mean, we're liable if we go through your garage. Of course. You know, we're liable. But if once you've cleared house, it, right? It's all on them. It's they, all on if them. If they go into their driveway and slip and fall because of the hard pack, it's yeah. not on us. It's actually a smart It's move. actually still on them if we hop out of our machine and, and break our neck, going to like, you know, unclog our blower, say we're in our driveway and we slip and fall in their driveway. Yeah. It's, it's still on them, believe it or not. Um, nothing to be proud about, of course, but like it's still on them. The insurance wouldn't wouldn't cover that so. so you had no interest in getting into commercial then which no, is a smart no, move no no never, because of that whole world right never even a thought never even a thought and with the amount of marketing and advertising i've done over the last three four years here um the amount of commercial business that has came through the door and i just threw right out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of commercial work and just hey well, sorry, you're calculating we don't do it the amount of possible liability attached to all that work no, I'm just not interested in doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm just focused on one thing. Commercial is a completely different business. If I spreaded myself between commercial snow and residential from day one, I would have probably a couple hundred driveways, even more stressed out. And I'd have, you know, maybe 10, 20 lots I'm doing commercial. And I'd be, I'd be making way less money with way more headache. It's two different businesses. It is, yeah. It's two different businesses. But you're understanding where your skills are needed. Yeah. You, you see the value going down this avenue yeah. instead of going down both yeah. avenues yeah. since you've got the same machinery that's applicable to both avenues. But it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to use both of them. Our machines are pretty much equipped and modified just to do residential. You would never do a commercial lot with them. It wouldn't be feasible. I mean, yeah. if you put a plow set up on the front, you could get into doing some smaller lots. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just focused on doing one thing.
you know, I just put my whole heart and soul into the snow business the last, you know, three, four years and, um, grown it to what it is. Right. Like if, like I said, if I was focused on commercial, I'd, I don't even know where we'd be. I would probably be, we probably would have failed. I don't, I don't even know. I, I love, okay. I want to ask you one thing is, uh, what's with you and Nick in red, red chairs, red chairs. What's with the red chair? Uh, I don't know. Um, where did that all come from? <laughs> we, we, uh, we bought the, the red chairs when we were younger. Nick, cause I mean, the them. machines are not red, right? The machines are green. And, and, and so like, 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 what do you mean? Like just the red chairs? In I just office? was, what's with the red chair? I, just, I, I um, looked at it. I saw it and I was like, okay, what's, what's the, the significance behind a red chair? Red's red's just like a luxury color, man. <laughs> like when you when you're getting your sports car all souped up, what are you getting for interior? Red? No, I get it. You're I getting red. Yeah. Okay. So it's like my partner Nick picked those up. He he loves the finer things, and um, he just got these nice red leather chairs uh, for us, and that just is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's I was just curious about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's no statement involved in yeah. that. There's no like. There's there's nothing there. It's just like. You know, red is a one of the most luxury colors in the world. It's it's poppy. It's nice, and he he got it just for aesthetic. They're not that comfortable. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> They're really not. This this chair is more comfortable. My God, these are yeah. I've, I've never even paid attention. We just sit there and all of a sudden this I've done I've done shows for hours and hours and hours. This right? Is ergonomical? Or yeah, yeah. These are Herman, I think. Right. So these are Herman. Yeah. Oh my God. As far as I know, that because the guys here they just said no. We want to have comfortable chairs for the whole. Yeah, like I, I would take this chair over mine any day. Really? Yeah. yeah. My my chair sucks. So you could just go to Home Depot and get a can of spray paint in red and just <laughs> red it right. But this, <laughs> no, you could probably get these in red. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. We have our whole office black and white, you know, just like how maybe you might you might get the car painted black and then you open the door and it's red on the inside. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's I thought really, there was maybe something like something happened or something, whatever, right? All the little trinkets in the studio, there's like a significance attached to each of them, right? So that's yeah, yeah. just, I, I was asking about that. But I'm also very impressed that you've spent the time and effort and probably a little bit of coin on the website because of you got a client that wants to hire you guys. Mm -hmm. I think one visit to the website it's sold already. You you don't like you've done well, this. What was on your purpose. first? What was your first impression when you looked at that website? I'm sold. I want to know <laughs> when these guys like I. It was clearly laid out. Everything I needed to know about you guys was there, mm -hmm. right? And all the pricing options were there. And and to be very honest, like the weather tracking is better than Weather Channel. Like the Weather Channel is almost like without pun intended, blanket of just like ideas of what's the weather going to be like yeah you guys are more focused on what the weather is yeah so that's why so when i go to the website it's there mm -hmm. so at that point i just want to make a phone call to you and just confirm what i already know about this business mm -hmm. and i think that you probably spent a good amount of time and effort building that site yeah. and trying to figure out where the problems are in other snow removal businesses mm -hmm. and then you solved all those problems digitally yeah that's what i see that's how i looked at it right Absolutely. Um, you know, I just, I looked at a, a bunch of different websites of people in the same business model and basically doesn't look like yours. I tell no, you that no, right no. Now. But I did look at others for yeah. perspective. Yeah. Like I didn't rip anyone off, but I looked at others for perspective and I just made it way better. I mean, last year it was not the same website it is right now. The year before that, it wasn't the same website it is now. And the year before that, it was nothing great at all uh we've probably from start to finish in terms of spend on website 
We've probably put in twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars in that website. It's a yeah, fucking. It. It's a fucking powerhouse. Yeah, I it is. It. It's a powerhouse of a. But website. it's a it's a major sales tool. Like yeah, it absolutely. already sells your service absolutely. before they even speak to you. It's branded incredibly. Yeah. Very well branded. It's on point with our marketing. It's on point with how our service works. It's simplified. It's it's so easy for the end user. All our forms are dialed in. We got all these bonuses, like you're saying, the forecasting, uh, the dispatch logs, um, and, and all the above FAQs. You could fill out our career. It's also form. the tracking too. So you know the live tractor. Yeah, oh, I you, forgot about that. That's that's yeah. incredible. I don't even know how I could. We just put that in recently. That's that why. makes so much sense. So yeah. if I'm a client, yeah. I already know when you guys are about to arrive on my location. Yeah, yeah you could see right where that tractor is on route coming to your house. And we also have uh, the notifications that the customers get too. So we have GPSs in the tablet. And before we arrive to come clean your driveway, you actually get a notification 15 to 45 minutes before we get there saying, hey, we're on our way, move the car. We're coming to clean where your vehicle is parked, move your garbage cans, move any obstructions. We're hitting that driveway for a second time. You want to know the best part? We were already there. We cleaned in the middle of the night. We're coming for a second time. Hmm. So, I mean, you know. So I, that's what I'm saying is that everything is there. It's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's already sold at that well, point, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, new things that uh, we've brought in, into the industry of this business model, but a lot of, a lot of it was kind of already there. Um, you know, th with the software we use, being able to leverage, sending those notifications and routing and tablets and whatnot. Um, I was definitely on the software in the earlier days, probably the one out of a hundred people that were using it. However, it's growing very, very, very quick. A lot of people are getting into this business model because it, it works really well. It's the future of snow removal. It's, it's, it truly is. Let me ask you this though. Um, can you apply that to other trades, other businesses? Do you guys work in civil construction? You're overpaying on haulage materials and dump fees too? Are you tired of chasing down sites on the phone, overpaying brokers? You should meet a new guy named Phil. That's with a P. He's actually an app, a free construction marketplace with other tools like load tracking and reports. Create your listing in two minutes. Phil will match you down to the soil table. You can even track your loads once you are ready to haul. No contracts or sales calls. It's booming too. Over 200 million bucks worth of tipping fees and other material like concrete rubble have been listed since 2022. You can sign up for free on the website at www.getfill.app. That's www.getfill.app. You can also search Phil in the app store. I mean, that would be possible, right? You could do it for cutting grass. Yeah. I'm going to do it for cut, cutting grass. Like I'm definitely going to, you know, remodel it so I could keep my same customer base 365. You know, it makes getting, sense. That's getting, opportunity right there. You already got the clients. I like, yeah, it makes my head shake because I started with landscaping and cutting grass. I gave it up, did roofing instead, just to realize I was like, I'm in a business of reoccurring service. Okay. So customers don't come to me one time to, to build a home or one time. Well, they do for roofs, but one time for a landscape. I'm not interested in that. I like volume. I like reoccurring service and I like lifetime value LTV of a customer. And I want to see them come back year after year after year after year to spend money with us. So I did that on the winter side. It was very successful. Of course, as you could see, our, our return rate of customers is through the roof. Last year we had 2000 customers. I had like 1,935 of them returned. The rest either sold their home or, excuse me, they died. Yeah. Because they were elderly. Yeah, yeah. Like we almost returned every single customer over to us. And I was like, man, I need to figure out what the fuck I'm doing in the summer. Like roofing's great in its own aspect, but like I'm my customer base that I have from the winter, springtime comes around. I was like, see you next fall. It doesn't make sense to me. 
You know, how can I keep them happy 365? I don't want them to go to other contractors for cutting lawns. And that contractor poaches them over and says, hey, would you like snow too? So many guys in our marketplace tried to do that. But our snow service was just so superior. They all came back anyways over the last few years, even though they got grass cutting from another company. It's hilarious. So I was like, you know what? We got to be providing property maintenance all year around here. This makes no sense. We have this huge customer base that we spent an arm and a leg on, okay, to acquire. And we have them in our holster. Why aren't we cross-selling them other services throughout our down season? What the fuck are we doing? It kind of makes sense. So it popped like a bubble in my head. I went and, you know, paid a visit to a few uh people in in the grass cutting industry actually only one but i plan on maybe seeing one or two other people and um you know they're running a business model quite similar to the one that we're going to be bringing to sault st marie and uh we're going to go to town with uh, mowing lawns just like we do uh so you're tackling that come the spring 2024 yeah the spring yeah, yeah. the spring we're going to be going hot and heavy into the mowing industry and um you know, just like how we came hot and heavy with the snow industry, we're going to give everybody a run for their money and then eventually just probably take market share. It's it's not just about like, you know, coming in with the, with the right equipment and the right tools. That's a huge point of it. But you got to be able to market and brand your ass off and then you got to back it up with a superior you're service already doing that for half the season half the year yeah yeah uh with mowing i won't need to do that as bad because i already have such a trust built with my customers yeah. from the snow yeah. that being able to cross sell them over to mowing and property maintenance is going to be like a walk in the park right so i'm, I'm super excited for that because i know that we'll at least get out of our 3500 customers which we're gunning towards i know at least we'll get like probably 500 um lawns to mow maybe even more so I'm getting prepared for that right now as we speak. During my downtime throughout this winter, I'm prepping for spring. And uh, we got uh, we got the ball quite ahead right now. So we're going to go into the marketplace gunning. I'm probably not going to spend as much money on advertising and marketing because there's no need to. No, you already right? got a client base. We already have our client base. So I'm going to save a pile of money there. But, you know, branding is in my DNA. I, I love it. And, and marketing is something I'm very passionate about as well. So I'm going to put a, just a little little spice in there, you know. Just something. So, is your dad's driveway on the schedule? My dad's. Yeah. Um. My, my uh, parents actually uh, moved down to Whippy for. Oh, so they're not about even there. A, about a year and a half. They actually just moved back last week. I'll, I'll tell you the story. So my my parents. I used to live with them a year and a half ago, and throughout my whole childhood, and um, they moved to Whippy because my dad's a little bit sick. He's got some like major health conditions. So mm. he came down to Whippy because it's very close to Toronto. And my family's all from Whippy. I got all my Zios, my Zios, Everybody, all yeah. my whole mom's side of the family lives in Whippy. So they came down for some, you know, family support, help from the doctors. They diagnosed my dad with all the issues he has and basically said, hey, there's not much we could do and sent him back home. So they just arrived back to Sault Ste. Marie um, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. My nunno, he's 90 years old. My mom and then my dad and uh, I moved them into this um, like it's kind of like a um, single family home like rental units and uh, they're brand new. They were just built. They're the first person to move in and uh, we do the snow there. So, yeah, we do. <laughs> but um, their house, they sold to me and, and I live there now. Nice. Yeah. The house I grew up in since I was born. Nice. Yeah. So keep it. I, I want to actually uh, I want you to roll us out on a typical, I guess, northern day. 
Like I, I, I'm day. looking at it like you guys like, kind of like Autobots my, World my, kind of thing, right? My day, like snow event day. Yeah, like a my, snow event day, right? Ooh, okay. So, so everything's calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see the tracker. Mm-hmm. You see snow coming in. Okay. So like, let's say snow's coming in the middle of the night now. Are you saying like how like how we get prepared to say if we were going out for a snow event tonight, like at two in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So first things first, we put our dispatch alert out into our group chat. So all the boys, we get them rallied up. We try to do give them as much advance as possible so they're prepared. Say, hey, boys, everybody at the shop for 1.45 a.m. I'm rustling everything I can to get together to stay organized before we go out. How many hours before that do you call for a 1.45 a.m. roll call? Uh, we usually call in the afternoon, anywhere between like 12 and like oh, 6. Oh, so you're giving them a good chunk of time. Oh, my gosh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. we don't ever try and send a dispatch alert to our, our guys before 4 p.m. So we, we're trying to send it at like noon to four, anywhere in that bracket. We say, hey, boys, snow's coming tonight. Be prepared. We're going out for 1.45 a.m. Be at the shop, and we're going to blow some snow. Um, so basically what we're doing on the office end is my operation manager is running around, making sure all the guys are coming in, making sure who can't, who is, filling in spots for tractors. Shop manager is running around Eric like crazy, making sure all the tractors are ready to go. They are always ready to go, but I feel like every time the snow comes, there's just a couple little bells and whistles to still tighten up at the end. So he'll go do a once over all the machines, make sure everything's functioning. every properly. single one. All yeah. He'll do a once wow. over. He'll, you know, start it, lift up the blower, check the hoses pretty much do a circle check um just because we run our operation really tight we're all over it we're very organized and he'll go through all the machines him and andreas they'll make sure everything's good to go before we go out that night um, myself in the office and my partner will make sure all the the business side is all taken care of and we're ready to go uh, my operations manager mitchell will make sure all the routes are up to date because we sign people up throughout the day so we got to make sure we route them on the map just before leaving for the night We'll get everything organized, make sure the tablets are charged, make sure all the tractors are good to go. We head home. We wake up for 12. The main team, me, Nick, Eric, Andreas, uh, Danny, my CSR, like the main big group of guys, six guys, we wake up for 12. We'll get to the shop for 12.30. And then we pretty much get the tractor started. We get the tablet started. We put on uh, our TV, maybe any sort of uh, notes or videos that we want to show the guys before going out if it's a particular snow event. And we watch the guys walk in and machine started. We hand them their tablet. They, they go in the machine and they go blow snow. Um, depending on how much snow we get, it's either a very easy snow event or it's a very difficult one. It's one or the other. Obviously, the more snow, the more problems, the harder it is, the longer it is. Um, but uh, we're adapting. We're, we're getting quick. What's the length? Like, let, let's say it could be anywhere like a snow event for us could be anywhere from eight to 12 hours. But at yeah. some point, if it continues to snow, then you got to shut We shut it down. Like down. after two passes, we shut it down. Okay. Like, you know, we came and touched your driveway twice in 24 hours. No, actually, sometimes we're touching it three times in 24 hours. But we'll come and do your driveway twice. We'll shut it down. And then we'll come back out for uh, either another 7 a.m. dispatch or a 2 a.m. dispatch. You know, we used to kind of some space, some time. Rest yeah, downtime, they, they right? got to eat. They got to, you know, breathe. I mean, we the main the main guys when it's a big snowstorm, especially at the beginning of the season, when we're getting in the groove of things. All the main guys last week, most of them um, worked probably 22 hours a day. 20, oh, wow. 20 hours for five days straight. Yeah, probably illegal. I shouldn't be saying that, but um, <laughs> that's just what it took. They had rests. They took they, breaks. They took breaks. They had rest, but that's just what it took because the snow kept on coming. Snow kept on coming. It was the beginning of the season. We couldn't hire guys because the snow kept coming. 
We are short a couple guys, short a couple machines. A couple of our main people were out of town, um, like main, like our one of our really skilled operators, two of our really skilled operators. And, you know, I found myself, my partner, just in a machine pretty much start to finish. And then as soon as the, the phones were live, I was running in to do phone calls all day and, and support. So, yeah, um, it was it was you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I could, I could endure and, uh, you know, I could endure a week like we had like that, but that was probably one of the most difficult weeks I've had in a very long time, if not the most difficult, but by like day three, day four, I was just smiling because we, we just got so much quicker. You're in the groove we were dialed point. in yeah. the beginning. It was so hard. I'm like, like I was so discouraged. I'm like, these guys are taking so long. Our service blows ass right now. Like we should be getting this done way quicker because it's all about speed, man. It's Are you getting some customers reaching out going, how come it's not done yet? Or Of that's, course. I mean, that's, that's happening. You got to th think about it. We got 3,250 customers. How many of those customers do you think are unrealistic? Like, like just a, a guess. A good percentage, man. Like, like, what would you guess? Like, I would say at least a quarter. So, do the math. What is that? I know. That? That's, like a 500 lot of, plus. that's a lot of people. Right. They're probably sending you an email. So, something. um a lot of customers definitely are just asking, Hey, when are you guys coming at the beginning of the season? Because we're a lot slower than usual. When are you guys coming? When are you guys coming? Are you guys coming? Yeah. Fucking of course we're coming. But they know that they can go online and see the tracker and they see where everything's going. But uh, obviously it's, it's they're not probably enough. looking for 36 trucks. It's 36 not enough growers. for the elderly. The elderly, the elderly don't go and do that. And you got to remember, we come from a town of our aging population is huge. It's like over, uh, not over. I think it's like around 50% of our city or something stupid like that. I don't know what it is, but we have a lot of elderly people a lot of retirees mm. and they ain't going on the website. They're calling until somebody picks up three, four, five it's times. True. Is it true that I, like I, I just see these clients, they don't want to clear it because they want to go outside. They want to clear it because they just want to have their property maintained and cleared. They got nothing better to They're do. They're not going to go outside. They got right? nothing better to do. They just want a peace of mind knowing it's done. Because yeah. back in their day, in their prime day, especially a man, because a man has so much pride in doing the driveway. I, yeah. I don't know why, but it's just a... It's a prideful I thing. I hate doing it. I'm so, serious. <laughs> well, that's great that you hate doing it because a lot of those older men um, take a lot of pride in their driveway, especially those uh, elderly Italians. Not, you know, I'm not making fun of anyone here. I mean, I'm full Italian, so I come from that background. They're nuts. Like a little bit of snow flies like this, they're already shoveling. Oh yeah. Two hours later, they're back shoveling again. And then when the snow's done, they got the broom out. I know. With the broom. I'm <laughs> You know what I mean? So I've, I've, like, I'm just waiting for them to be in socks and sandals while they're sweeping the snow. Man, that's just how the, it is. The man. old school, <laughs> the old school Europeans. Like, there's I, no reasoning with them. I I love them to death, but they are so <laughs> difficult to deal with as customers. We got them tamed now. All of our customers that are you know elderly Europeans or just elderly as a whole, because uh, we do have a lot in our city. We got them pretty well tamed. They have a lot of trust in us. They know we're coming and they leave us alone. But any new ones that sign up that haven't been with us yet, we have to train them. Of course. We have to train them. But this business is all about training the customers. I know, yeah. that's how it is. It's all about training. What's your service area? How far do you guys go from your epicenter? Mm. How far can you kilometers. go? Kilometers. Well, I'm just thinking in terms of kilometers. I wonder how, how far it is from west all the way east. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ballpark and say 20 to 25 kilometers from one end of the city to the other. Okay, so that's from west to east like that. And then you got your water right here, right? And that's Michigan because we live yep. border, border city. So we don't go too far that way. And then up here is going north, which is, um, yeah. So I don't know. I'd say about this way we're from, yeah, from going like north kind of south. It's kind of south-ish, east-south, if you will. 
or southwest actually, were about, I'd say, 15 kilometers. And then going from west to south were about 20, 25. I don't know. Like, I did it it's on Google big area, Earth. Man. I did it on Google Earth once. I did the whole circular circumference in terms of kilometers, and it was about 55, 60. I don't know how accurate that is, though. So... Well, you're probably calculating the data on... Google Earth. Square kilometer, I did. How much, how much bigger you can grow based on how much you want to grow the business? No, we got it tapped. We're from end to end. You're ta- we okay, could go yeah. more west, but that's when you get closer to the airport. There's a lot of land. Um, there's no density out there, right? The driveways are massive, and that's where the business model declines. This business model is about having cookie-cutter driveways, yep. being in the neighborhoods, yep. and you're just... So boom, just boom, getting boom, more boom, clients boom. in those areas that you're already... Yeah. yeah. So I'm not trying like where we are right now. I don't want to expand anymore. We're at fourth line um, going north and then we're all the way to the water downtown that way. And then we're basically all the way from the highway that you would board to go to Toronto. Yeah. All the way to the west end for the highway that you would board to go down to the airport. So we're we got the whole city covered top to bottom. Like, yeah, I could push and go a little bit more outskirts, but then I'm killing the business model. Like I said, the business model is about route density. It's about having efficient driveways that you could do in a timely manner. And once you start getting to those outskirts, they're just behemoths. You know, you're doing like football fields. So you and Nick just looking at the actual map and seeing all the pins of all your clients and just trying to figure out, we should get more density in this area. We should get more density in this area. Like you're you're, you're strategically planning future sales that will benefit you greatly by getting more density. We did it uh, this... um, September, October, November, and we're still doing it right now. So you're analyzing it that way. Well, we send out uh, cold reach, uh, cold outreach prospection letters. So basically what we'll do is we'll go on our software. We'll analyze driveways in neighborhoods where we're already dense. We don't know the person's name. We don't know the person's phone number. We just have their address. We build them a quote with a welcome letter um, and put some other nice stuff in it branded from our company, mail it out to them and say, Hey, here's your price for the season. We'll attach a group discount in there saying, welcome to the neighborhood or whatever the case might be neighborhood group discount. Yeah. We'll send it to their, uh, to their mailbox and then they'll end up calling and saying, Hey, we want to sign up. So I was, I, we've already been doing that. We target neighborhoods already that What's way. What's your return on that? Uh, I would say for every probably thousand mailboxes we hit, we'll probably get a return of like 50, it's pretty good. It's it's not all that great, but the thing is, you got to remember, it's a cold. Like you're you're yeah, yeah. Call, you're calling somebody cold. Like how many customers do you think you would get if you went into the Yellow Pages phone book and called a thousand people to sign You'd up? You get more that way. You'd, You'd yeah, 100% you know, get like more it's that, that it's very that's cold outreach is a lot more difficult. You know, I think. Cold, but then you get phone calls, you just get ten. You get probably ten to twenty at the max. Probably, the most, right? but you know the nice branded mail letter exclusively to that homeowner at their address with this beautiful welcome letter giving them a discount because they're in a neighborhood that's already dense and you know they, they get the mailer they walk out their front door they see their neighbor with the pickets they go later on social media they see my meta ads through the roof i'm spending lots of money on that so they go scroll through facebook and instagram they see all that then they drive down the road they maybe hear our radio ad Okay, then they go drive and they see our branded bus. Like it's the the reminder just keeps. Are you getting coming. traction on the radio ads? Uh the radio ads were all good. We kind of stopped doing them this year because um, they're not Cause all that great. Yeah, because you built like, the platform. Radios, on radios are done, man. Yeah. I mean, the elderly are using it, so it was a good target for them. But we didn't find that the ROI was that great, so I just trashed that and, and put money more into Facebook and Instagram. That makes. That's sense. where you get the most return. You know? I wanted to ask you, Stephen. Um, you got radios and all the. 
Yeah, 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 CB radios. So CM200. Do all your drivers, like when they're doing and the work is good and everyone's in the groove and everyone's just got like the vibe going on, everything's fine. Yeah. Is there a lot of chatter about climate change and ice age and shit like that going on on the radio? Or no, nobody's <laughs> talking about that shit? No, no, no. If you're talking about <laughs> bullshit on the radio, we will fucking kill you. Okay, there's just 30 picturing these guys talking about you know reason why it's nah, snowing so much. No, nah, 36 <laughs> operators. You got to remember we're all you in the can. same it's a station, machine, right? Yeah, we're yeah. all in the same station. So if somebody's talking about dumb shit on the radio, like <laughs> you know the main guys, like myself or my partner, or maybe operations manager or the shop manager, they're literally telling guys shut the fuck up. Like you, you use the radio for things that are important. You're stuck in a ditch and nobody can help you. Maybe say it on the radio. Yeah. Or if you need fuel and there's a uh, there's a guy, a field supervisor that's close by, radio him in to come down to you. But like, don't be using it to say dumb shit. You know, maybe driving out to the first one, they can start talking a little bit about climate change and ice age. Shit, right? <laughs> so I don't know. Like there's been a lot of talk lately about ice age happening. So yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't, I don't give a shit about it. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't. All, it's I don't all garbage. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're getting close to the end, man. And I just I think I've covered a bunch of questions and uh, like nobody. I guess the biggest thing for me now is that nobody taught you this. You're self-taught <clears throat> and same with Nick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, man. That's all it is. You you, it is. you looked at opportunities in a segment of an industry and you capitalized on it basically bottom line yeah bottom line and then you you i think perfected it you figured out how to actually how to make the most amount of money for the least amount of effort that you you're putting forward mm. but you're also growing the business too right like this Absolutely. business is to, it's going to get consumed one day no you're not going to get an offer one day uh, i don't is know. that a consideration <clears throat> like i do know our future intentions um Know, maybe I'll save it for another podcast down the road. I know exactly what we're going to do with this business model uh, with due time. And uh, we're just perfecting things right now. We're getting our systems in place. Yeah. We're making it simple as possible. We're making it operational. And, uh, you know, we're eventually planning to to move forward, doing other things within this business model. Contractors, it's time to empower your business with Shelta Tech implementation. Shelta is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you. Solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available and Shelta is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook, a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech, they're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities. Ready to make a move? Visit Shelta.app. Let's pave the way to a smarter, tech-driven future. Shelta Technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. Yeah. So we're, we're just getting outs? started. Like we're just, I know you're just, just getting, getting started. started. I mean, yeah. if you guys have already grown this much based on what you started with. I mean, that's why I was asking earlier on about how much bigger you can get. And, and do you want to really get that much bigger? Then you start playing with some big players out there that yeah. are probably fielding commercial <clears throat> and residential at the same time. Right. I, I don't want to touch commercial um, at all. My end goal pretty much as a whole is to just be, the best all-around snow removal residential company in all of Canada, if we can, 
and um, be able to provide that service for the summer as well. Be a solution all year round for people's property management needs. Um, You know, I won't get into too much detail in the summer side because I want to keep it simple. As you could tell, like we don't even do shoveling. We don't do salting. We don't do sanding. We just blow the driveway. And I'm going to make sure that we obviously use the right approach going to the right places with this business to, to be able to really target hungry crowds that people want snow at because that's that's where my heart is that's where i really want to keep growing the business and yeah what's with the um because i didn't know this gravel gravel driveways oh man gravel driveways are so you're talking about new construction new build and it's just no, like it's funny for you guys gravel driveways up here are all new constructs yeah right Gravel driveways back home are normal homes that have been there for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years. Gravel are they just replen- replenishing the gravel? It's the first thing I, I told you from the beginning. It's low economy, man. Yeah, okay. People can't really afford. And I'm not. Uh, this is not against anyone in Sault Ste. Marie. Man, I have a gravel driveway. Tons of yeah. people do. But here, it's a staple. Like If you don't have a concrete asphalt or some sort of hard top driveway, interlock, stamped, whatever it may be, you're just the weird guy on the road. Or you just got a brand new home built and you haven't got it done yet. Yeah. Back home, people actually get gravel driveways and they re-gravel them every five, ten years and they, you know, get their pink crushed or their white crushed dolomite yeah. or their, you know, river it's st- almost like a small river stone or whatever yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah. So gravel driveways. But that makes are your common. life a lot harder now. Yeah, it makes it a living hell. Cause now you're blowing gravel. Everywhere. Shooting. <laughs> Everywhere. So, so how yeah. do you avoid, how do you, okay, how do you handle that? We have tactics uh, to be able to approach the gravel driveways and kind of build um, a nice base of hard pack on them. Okay. Before we start servicing them. But it's in, it's inevitable. Like you got like a 6,000 pound machine. The blower weighs 2,000 pounds with the down pressure. It's like maybe 2,500. And you're going to pick up some gravel. Of course you will. But what we try and do is the beginning of the season, we let our customers know we're skipping gravel driveways for the first snow event, two, maybe even three sometimes, depending. We wait for everything to get super cold and we wait, wait for that nice pack of hard hard pack on the driveway to establish itself. We tell customers, hey, we advise that you guys drive up and down your driveway. I hate having to do that, but there's no other way, right? We okay, tried to nice. drive up and down driveways for our customers. It didn't work too well with our tires. So we tell customers, drive up and down, get that base nice and packed. And then once there's a base, we'll go and service it. That's pretty much how we go about it. But for the first little while, they're going to have to just shovel it themselves. No, because if it's a significant snow event, we'll go clean it. We'll just lift the blower a little bit up off the ground and just clean it the best we can. Um, but like to give you an idea, our approach this year was our first snowfall was like five centimeters. So it was just a little two inches, told the customers to pack it. Second snowfall was like five centimeters. They packed it. Third one was like a huge snowfall. It was like 15, 20, not huge, but a a big one. Right. So that's when we were like, okay, there's still not a base, but we can't leave 15, 20 centimeters of snow in a customer's driveway, even though they're gravel. So we ended up doing them. Now our approach was, Okay, we're doing gravel driveways. Do not blow snow at the same time you're dragging. What you're going to do is turn your PTO off. You're going to back up to your garage door, back up to wherever you need to be, 
grab the snow and pull forward. And as you're gathering that snow and pulling it forward all the way to the end of the road, you're packing the snow that's in that barrel as you're driving. It's packing and packing, packing, packing. So that method works really well for us. After we get our first big snowfall and there's been a minor base packed, we'll really go and build that good base by not blowing the snow, just dragging it all out to the road. And once we drag it all to the road, we take one nice swipe, blow it in their front yard or their ditch and away we go. Then you could deal with it in the summertime when you start doing the lawn care. You know what? And and when we do that, we still blow gravel, and um, it's it's hard not to. Like I told you, it's we just go happen. we just go clean it all up in the spring. Uh, man, we got you know thirty two hundred fifty customers. I would say thousand of them are gravel. It could be more. I don't even know. Like fifty percent of our city is gravel. I mean, there's a certain style for that kind of style of driveway. Like where it's, it's just common where we are. Everything's yeah. gravel. Like my whole street where I live in the West end is like, there's the odd interlocking driveway, probably an Italian living there. <laughs> and the rest is just straight up gravel. Like I, I'm on a street with probably, I don't even know how many houses, uh, probably like over a hundred something, at least maybe 200 something. And, uh, it's all gravel. Everything's gravel. There's the odd asphalt driveway, the odd interlock, but it's like all gravel. So what makes, um, what's a good, what, what's the official title? What are you guys like? You guys are not plowers. No. What are you guys? We snowblow. Snowblowers, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah we drivers snowblow. or We both snow. That's what you guys, so what makes a good we, snowblow driver? Uh, what makes a good operator? Yeah. Somebody who could play video games. Really? I would say. Someone I, a, a, any guy who's been good at playing video games or has ever operated another piece of equipment, whether it be a skid steer, whether it be a loader, excavator, any sort of piece of equipment that somebody has touched before coming to work with us, they're usually quick. Or if there's a guy who's never touched a machine in his life, but yet he's deadly at playing video games. He'll pick up that machine right away. One of our best operators was a professional video game player on YouTube. (laughs) And he kind of retired from that years ago. He's like, man, I've never driven a tractor. He's all nervous. (laughs) Best operator. Really? This this guy actually kills 150 driveways in four hours. He's on a kill spree. Like it's Call of Duty out there. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's insane. He's our, he's our quickest operator for sure. Shout out Joe. You know, he, he Joe, just, he just picked you, it up right away, man. It was nothing. I've, I've, yeah. Like I've never seen an operator get that quick. Uh, we've had other operators like my operations manager, Mitchell, he doesn't operate anymore, but when he came over first year, he never drove a tractor either. He was nervous as fuck, but he's a really good video game player <laughs> and he played video games his whole life. So he got in that machine and he picked it up really quick. He's deadly operator. Another guy, Danny, which is our customer service rep, huge video game player, hopped in that machine, got it figured out real, real quick, like did an excellent job. So I find anybody that's good at playing video games, you know, multitasking while visually looking at a screen. Um, it's the same thing as operating. It really is. You're looking out your front window. You got controls. All kinds of controls. And you're, you're moving your hands at the same time while you're blowing snow. It's, it's literally with the tablets in the cab and your controls, it literally, once you get it dialed in, it feels like you're in a video game. Hmm. It does. Like you watch your percent go up on the screen as you finish driveways. They go from yellow to green. You're just, you're operating. You got the mic to talk to people. It, it's, it's a video game. It feels like a video game. It does. I swear to God. I love it, man. It's it's way too much fun. I think I think that's everything. I think we covered everything. Is there anything else you want to share? No, unless you're gonna hammer me with that special ten that you had, or 
The special what? The, the qu- questions. The ten questions. I gotta ask you the questions. Of oh, course, you're, you're I ask around. everybody the questions. You you yeah. got away from singing because because uh, you drove so, quite well, the distance, which I really appreciate that you drove <clears throat> quite the distance, man, to get yeah. here. Eight hour drive to get here, man. It's well, insane. actually, more because I had to go. to We could have did a Zoom call, but you know that we talked about this. They're not yeah. as good as in person, Are you crazy? right? I seen the studio. Yeah, <laughs> you you spent some good money and time on this. You're taking it very professionally. I was like, if this was twelve hours, I would have came. Thanks, so man. thank you for the opportunity. No, Stefano Narducci here, Northern Snow Inc., www.northernsnow.ca, at northernsnow.inc on IG. And it's uh, the number again for the, I got your cell number, but what's your number, the office number? 705-992-8222. And also don't forget to check me out, Stefano Narducci on YouTube. Um, I post a lot for our company on there. Obviously, go check out the business pages, but go check out Stefano Narducci. I got a pile of videos on YouTube. Uh, TikTok, Stefano Narducci. Instagram, Stefano Narducci. Not under the Northern banner? No, just no. under my personal name, okay. personal brand. Uh, I, I got podcasts on there that I've done with other people. I, I've seen them, yeah, because that's what I've seen them. And I then, got the I got the Narducci Show podcast up on uh, Spotify and, and Apple Music. So when do you find the time to do that? I, I find the time here and there and again. I mean, the thing is, is going back to the whole crushing it, going back to my roots. Um, I use social media to obviously get exposure in business to get business. And then I kind of just like slept on it for a long time. I only used it for business purposes. And I was like, you know what? Every great entrepreneur out there is creating a personal brand for themselves. Yep. And they're talking about yep. what they know. I go on there. I talk about what I know. What I know there is isn't no. another you out there. No. No. So I know I went, I went onto YouTube, started making videos last November and here we are. You know, we're, we're, we're crushing it. Like if you go check out my, uh, my YouTube channel, we're just getting to around 3000 on there. TikTok, I'm 11,000 Instagram. I'm, I'm getting to 3000 and that's it. I don't really use Facebook too much. So I'm, it's it's actually working for you business wise. It's actually, man, the amount of opportunity, the amount of people I'm meeting. Look, this one, I know, I know it's just DM. This would not be happening right now. You're getting more people reach out to you for work through DMS or through emails or through phone calls, DMS, phone calls, emails, all the above, like the amount of leverage that, um, has came to our business from me making a personal brand around my business has been, it's been stupid. That's huge. I could sell equipment like very easily, right? Because I have such a following for the snow industry, especially this niche in particular. So whenever I need to sell equipment, it's a breeze. Fuck, I got people just always asking me, hey, you got anything for sale? Which is always great. That's awesome. I meet a lot of people, a lot of people that are way farther than me in this business model too. And learning from them for absolutely free, just because they found me through social media and want to talk um, is incredible. Like you, you got to think about it. I'm, I'm extracting 10, 20 years of some of these guys experience in this business and putting it into mine at yep. $0 just cause they found me on YouTube, dude, you want to talk about fucking leverage, you know, the like, way you grow is probably tenfold. What a business of yours 10 years ago would have grown. If it wasn't for social media, yes, we would be we would be still pretty big, but if I didn't break through the social media, we wouldn't be as big as we are today. We wouldn't no. have as much skills and resources as we have today, and we just wouldn't have as much pull. Like even Kubota too. Like Kubota went above and beyond because I had a little bit of a presence in this particular niche. One of the only guys, really. There's a couple other, but pretty much one of the only. And they seen that as opportunity for me to go out there and rep Kubota. Yep. And they set us up with crazy good pricing. Pronovo Cyclone, the blowers we have too, same thing again. 
They they seen that because they know every time you're gonna post or share or talk or exactly. on the website, yeah, you're also inadvertently yeah. promoting them. Moral of the story: It's just been an extremely amount of large leverage for our business. You ain't every tired, eh? You're not tired at all. What? Just doing all this shit. Tired? No, no. Man, I feel alive. Like I'm I'm tired when I'm not doing business. That's when I'm tired. I feel like shit. I'm pissed off. You know, my, my girlfriend will look at me. I'll just start like getting mad at her about like everything just because I'm not, I don't feel fulfilled. I'm not completing anything. I'm not working towards my goals. Like I need to be moving constantly. I need to be working at what I'm ambitious about. You know, that's where, that's where my heart thumps. Um, I love the tough times too. I really do. Yeah. It teaches you a lot. You learn everything, man. So you much. learn everything. Like I honestly enjoy learning as much as I enjoy making money. It's one or the other. Business is one or the other. You're going to go, you're either going to make money or you're going to learn. If you can find something that interests you and that you can do both, then embrace it to death, right? Simple as that. You're going to have both, you know? It's inevitable. You, you ready for these questions? Hammer me, man. What's your favorite construction word? Construction word? Yeah. Excavator. It's my favorite piece of equipment. What's your least favorite tool? Hand tools. I hate hand tools. Any hand tools? Fuck hand tools. No. <laughs> and I know you're all about that. Like, put me in a machine. Put me in a machine. I'm not lazy by all means. Like, I'd rather lay brick all day long than use power tools. I don't like power tools. Um, but operating is where my heart's at. Like, I love operating. Tractor, so SUV. You're a video skid. gamer as well, too, then. No, I didn't. Like, really. I played video games when I was extremely long, uh, young, but I dropped them at about 14 years old. What, yeah. con what construction sound do you love? Oh man, any sort of diesel engine knocking, like especially a cold start. Oh, like, I don't know. Why. Man, the price of diesel today, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know what's actually nice? We get to run all dyed in our tractors. Okay, dyed, so dyed you diesel. Save, you're yeah, familiar? you're saving a bit. Then. Yeah, because they're farm equipment, so you could legally run dyed in them. Okay. We did our research, so we get to run all dyed, which saves us, you know, a thirty-six lot. machines. Man, we're a lot. we're filling up. You know, when it snows, we're filling up. 2000 gallons a week on, on a big storm. Right. So, um, yeah, like, uh, the, the dye diesel is definitely expensive, but at least we get a little bit cheaper than regular. What's your favorite beverage? Alcohol. Anything, any beverage. Ooh, well, you know, lately I've been breaking into the Hugo spritz. I like the Hugo spritzers, any sort of white wine spritzer. I love a margarita. I like anything with tequila. And then, you know, I, I like a cold beer too. Does I, everybody book was, vacations after the season or what? Like you guys go to the beach or something mm, like that? You know, we've, we went to Mexico one year. Uh, me and my partner, my girlfriend, one of my good buddies I grew up with. But no, not much too much traveling, man. I, I, I'm putting every single last dollar into this this company. <laughs> I don't got too much left to Just travel. Just grow it. Just yeah. grow it. Yeah. What, what turns you on and off in construction? On and off. I think like probably like something that like turns me on is watching a, a development start and then finish, you know, like that's like yeah. probably one of the most satisfying feelings in construction possible is watching it go from just like blueprints to like real life. That's crazy. You know, that's incredible. It's admirable to be honest. What turns you off? What turns me off? And this is no offense to, to anybody. Just I would just say some of the some of the people, the way they carry themselves. Like the, the trades are so well paid nowadays. Yep. You don't need to look like you just came out of a dumpster. Yeah. I have a little bit of pride. I don't care that you smoke cigarettes or you pack a lip or whatever the case might be. Like, sure, that's fine. I used to smoke cigarettes too. Like I, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, but like the fact that like it looks like you haven't brushed your teeth in like over 10 years, but yet you're get, getting paid $50, $60 an hour and you smell like shit, you look like shit. Like, man, don't ruin the trade. Step up. A like, bit. step up. Like, you don't have to look like that. So that's one thing that pisses me off. I wish guys presented themselves better in the trade. You're right. You're right. What word do you find overused these days? Overused. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Overused. What do you find overused? Anything, anything that's associated with wokeism, anything with bullshit, inclusivity, like crap shit like that, or any of that crap. I'm, I'm like that. so in my own bubble. Like I'm, I'm like in my own world. So I, don't, I really don't pay attention too much what's going on that's around fine. me. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. All day long. What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Favorite vehicle in the entire world. I mean, I got a couple picks, if that's okay. As you could tell, all my questions has been a couple things. Um, I'd probably say if I if I had to choose and I had all the money in the world, I, I'd definitely pick like a Bugatti Pure Sport. You know, like <laughs> the one like Andrew Tate drives. Um, and then my second choice would probably be like a you know like a real deal LaFerrari. Not the one with the big racing mirrors. I don't like that. Like the real deal traditional LaFerrari. And then uh, I don't know if you've seen like the new FS90 Stradales Spider drop top. No. It's like it's like the new hot Ferrari out right now. Okay. Kind of like Oh wait, no no, no I have FS90. seen it. FS90. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. They, F- not the Tona, is it? No. FS90 Stradales. It's bringing back the grills from the Testarossa days, right? In the back. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not really a car enthusiast, but yeah. I, I just like, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But that was I, a one-off. Like that like there's only a handful of those ones that they're making. For a love Ferrari, I think there's only 300 in the yeah. world. And then the Bugatti Pure Sports, I think there's like 30 or 50 in the world. But as for the FS90 Stradale, I've seen a couple rolling around Toronto. Oh wow. Yeah, they're they're like big money, I think for the drop top, it's like a million dollars. Yeah. What do you miss from your childhood? What do you miss from last week, man? Last week? <laughs> You're a kid. Oh, man. Fuck. What do you miss from don't your childhood? Don't get me like that. I don't feel no, like No, no. What do you miss from your childhood? What do I miss from my childhood? Um, double answer question again. There's two things. I, I definitely miss um, my Italian culture with my, my family. We still have it, but like when my it nonna- It changes as you get older. Yeah, when my nonna was alive on my mom's side and when my nonna was alive on my dad's side, there's something about the woman in the Italian family, especially the nonna, the grandmother. They bring everybody together. Yeah. They cook for everyone. They get everyone together as a family. And once she dies out of the family, it gets very difficult. You know, there's got to be somebody else who might need to step up to the plate for that to be able to happen. And they don't. And they don't, right? So I miss my Italian culture big time in that way. We still have it, but not as core as it was when they were alive. Second thing is, you know, just being young, not having a worry in the world, getting home from school parking my ass on the couch, microwaving two lean cuisines or <laughs> Macalenas or whatever the hell it was. I was a fat young boy. And putting them in the microwave, cooking my, my microwave dinners because I didn't know how to cook. That was like perfect. It's perfect, man. Parking my ass, hopping on the mic and just playing video games all night long. Oh, that's funny. Like, come on. There was nothing better than that, right? What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Um... I'm I'm very focused and very driven on, on doing one thing and one thing only. So I will be working on this for a very long time. There's but still a lot of growth in this. Man. Lots lots of growth. We got lots of big plans with uh, with this business model. A lot of things we're still trying to figure out. But I don't know, man. If you ain't problem solving, you're not growing. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Like I said, I love to learn. 
love to learn. I really do. Um, I would probably say like real estate, like, like, like I would love to learn more about real estate, whether it be like from the construction developing side or actually just the investing side. Um, I own a small amount of real estate with my partner, Nick, nothing crazy, but you know, some doors back home in Sault Ste. Marie. And it's awesome to see the compounding in that. But like, I would actually like to learn like the game of like heavy real estate investing, you know, buying big buildings, fixing them up, refinancing them, selling them, getting renters in, like playing the whole game of, of real estate in depth. It's coming. It's coming. What profession do you not want to do? Like if I had to pick one, I wouldn't want to do. Ooh. There's lots out there. There's lots of possibles, but is there one thing that you would not want to do? Uh, like this is no disrespect to anybody watching all and, and i and i hope nobody's in no college. don't worry you're not gonna offend anybody i think i think i think the worst profession in the goddamn world has got to be being a teacher it's tough well i just don't agree with the educational system that we're you know forcing on these kids it's it's bullshit it's bullshit i agree with you what's getting taught out there is bullshit yeah i agree you know? with you it is like i'm talking like elementary all the way to like grade 12. Yeah. When you go into college and you go learn how to do plumbing. Okay. Now that's a valuable teacher. You know, you'll learn how to do construction or maybe business. That's a little bit different, but like what they, what they teach you from, you know, when you walk into school to when you exit in grade 12, like too, way too much bullshit. Yeah. Way too much bullshit. The Rockefeller bullshit. Yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Um, you know, I, would imagine I'd probably be older and, you know, a lot of my family would be dead. So I'm hoping that, uh, Lord Jesus Christ would, um, you know, show me back my family and I'm hoping everybody to be nice and healthy and good spirit. And, um, yeah, I just say, Hey, you know, welcome back to your family. Something like that. That'd be pretty nice. Right. <laughs> I, that, I think that's all of our that's dream. All, I think that's the majority. I think of when we all want, die, right? we just want to be able to see everybody that was a big part of our life. Um, and, and see them reborn and rebirth in, in their best outfit, you know, their best looking self. That's what it says in the Bible, I'm pretty sure. I think so, anyways, is that we all get reborn, go to heaven, and um, we're all in our, our, uh, our best age and our best point in life where we're the healthiest, apparently. Man. Absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you Dude, so much, Thank man. you so much. You're this welcome back awesome. anytime. If you want to come back and bring Nick back or bring everybody yeah, back. Or, I don't know. You can always come back during the summer months so you don't have to worry about that unless you're getting knee deep in a whole other division this, of This Northern, is the perfect right? time to get me. Most busiest time of the year, but perfect time to get me. because I know we lucked out because I know you gave me the heads up that if snow was coming that you might yeah. not be coming down, but... I appreciate you coming down and doing the track and getting out here. And this has been a great conversation. And I, I like like a lot of shows lately been having a lot of young guys on the show and just sharing a lot of valuable tips, man. Like the older guys are listening to these, like where are these kids coming from, man? But yeah. there's a good bunch of you guys out there, which is great. So speed, man, everything's lots getting of quicker. Respect. Lots of respect for what you built, man. Honestly, it's Thank good. You. And it's going to continue to grow. I'll be paying attention. It's going to yeah, continue yeah. growing. No, so. let's keep in touch. We'll do for another, sure. we'll for do sure. another one for sure. Yeah. But thank you for having me here. Thanks man. Like this place is beautiful you got a real deal studio it's my first time ever being in a real deal <laughs> podcast studio you know seeing uh seeing the whole operation of what you got going on in here is awesome thanks man yeah. all right everyone check them out again northern snow inc triple w northern snow.ca and on ig at northern snow.inc and then uh your email to get a hold of you stefano at northern snow.ca that's s-t-e-f-a-n-o at northern snow.ca that's it we're done man thanks Thank you thanks angelina we're out of here